0: Hello and welcome to episode eight of Shared Discovery, the show and podcast dedicated to sharing all the exciting and enjoyable aspects of games and gaming. I'm your host, Victor, and I'm once again joined by my favorite co host, Don't Tell Xander. Ron. <laughs> welcome back, Ron.
1: How have you been? Good to be here, Victor. <laughs> I'm doing well uh, despite you know, life, the universe, and everything. Yeah, I mean, that's an
0: accomplishment to beat all those and do good. Yeah, right. What have you been playing? What have you been up to lately? Uh, Just burying myself in video games. Yes, and you told me how much you bury yourself in video games with your Steam count. Yeah. How many hours do you have on there? (laughs) Uh, 14,554 game hours. You have me beat. Right? I, I went and did my time afterwards. Yeah. 3,400. That's But we're, we played different platforms, right? Mm-hmm. I play WoW, I play MOBA, it's yeah, all that, over the place. And
1: well, World of Warcraft has its own time counter. It does so have its like, time counter, so I could that rack call? that up. Yeah. Each character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yikes. Going I, all the way back to school days? Some of the
0: issue is so one of my most played accounts I don't have anymore. Oh, yikes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's got to hurt a little. It,
0: it really did. It hurt because I was a kid and didn't back up my account, Ooh, uh, but it. yeah, so I probably, we, I've probably played that much too, mm-hmm. and uh, most of it, a lot of it has been on board games, which we are talking
1: about today. And there's really no way to track your time on that? No, spreadsheet not at all. That's,
0: I was thinking about that too, like probably top three most played game is Magic the Gathering.
1: Yes. You can't, yeah.
0: you can't track that, <laughs> thousands of hours in the game. Right, mm-hmm. but today, right, we'll we'll get some magic. We get some magic every episode. Don't you worry? Yeah, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> but we're going to be talking about the different types of board games today. Ooh. We, last episode, I believe, or a couple episodes ago, we talked started a series on the different genres of video games. Mm-hmm. What we found is that was too broad. I was going to do it all in one episode and now let's do one. But with board games, what we're going to do is we're just going to do a little overview of each type of game, talk about what the mechanics look like, mm. our experiences with the mechanics, and yeah. just kind of point at them back here. We, we tried to represent them as we, we go, so we'll talk about that today. Just so, as we move forward through the podcast, it's like, you, you know what we're talking about when we bring up a dice builder, right? Stuff like that.
1: Yeah, so a little primer, a little get you ready, get you prepared. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So
0: here at the beginning, Ron, at I the have beginning. a question. Okay. Top yeah. of the hour. Top of the you hour. Know we have our top of the hour questions.
1: What is your favorite board game? Wow. Uh, that is a pretty heavy question. Pretty dense. Pretty, pretty dense. <laughs> um, lots of board games out there. Uh give it, give it a gander. This isn't helping.' There's, not no, helping. there's nothing not back up here. there. No oh, okay. um I gotta say just to just to get something out there, I guess. maybe it out there. Favorite board game root. It's not up here, but yeah. Root. Solid. I really like Root? Root's really good. War game? It's,
0: yeah, one of those games that every time I play,
1: something different happens
0: mm-hmm. and something exciting happens.
1: Oh, guaranteed. Guaranteed. It's... What about yourself? Anything?
0: Again, lo- loaded question. You said wow, so I'm like leading towards the wow board game right now. Oh. That game, like you pull it out, you gotta have 12 hours ready. Mm. So maybe that maybe that time variable Ugh. is like, <laughs> but I mean, the Real answers. If we count Magic: The Gathering as a
1: board game, I would count it. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah. that's that's the real answer. I think that's my real answer too. To be honest, just like I I don't know, I haven't seen anything that really holds. Flame candle. Time. I know, but if we're talking
0: about a game that actually has a board, I think of like what is it? Betrayal on Haunted Hill. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's That's
1: called? fun, where you make the board as yeah, you go along.
0: You make the board and you explore the mansion as you go. Yeah, I I time. really like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. Every time I
1: play, it's it. got that party mm-hmm. game feel, and mm-hmm. like somebody is like a secret traitor, yes. which is really interesting. Uh, and fun. It makes for super
0: dynamic game because the, there's phase one. We're not talking about betrayal, but you're like you're all allies, and then you're not. So I that one would be really high for me. Yeah. So you know, We'll talk about more specific games, but let's get into some of these categories. And this first classification system is comes from the YouTube channel, Three Minute Board Games. Didn't want to mess that up. And it comes specifically from their video, Board Game Basics, The Different Types of Board Games.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: So for this first part of the episode, we're going to use this criteria system, talk about those games give our feedback, and then the second half we have another categorization Ooh. categorization system. We tried, I tried to get the pronunciations out in the top pre-show, couldn't do it. Before. Yeah, I mean, we have another system of classification. That's I like that. No one's good. Yeah, we're misgendered. So you we'll, can't blame I us. think it's fun to people have different definitions, so it's fun mm-hmm. to compare and contrast. Mm-hmm. So to get started, Ron, tell us about what Euro games are.
1: So, Euro games are kind of uh, coming to America a bit more these days. Uh, It started in Germany uh, with Catan. Oh, really? And uh, since then, it's just exploded. There's whole expos and uh, uh, award shows now and all sorts of stuff. But essentially, what a Euro game is, is an abstract, uh, like, low luck. Uh, more skill-based type yeah. of a game where you're not really rolling dice. There's limited conflict and uh, low player interaction. Doesn't mean there isn't any like in Catan, the very first Euro game sure. essentially. There's plenty of Yeah, you can interfere with right. the way people are You can playing. trade, you trade. can move the bandit mm-hmm. around to interfere mm-hmm. with people's resources and... Uh, but in Catan you're not rolling dice. There are dice. There are dice. For moving the bandit around uh, and yes. for like uh, the, resource
0: the, production. I see. Wow, I messed that up. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but it's like low, a low level of.
1: Randomness. Very low.
0: Your choices matter a lot more than the dice.
1: Right, because the game also, <laughs> Catan, for example, sure. Catan, uh, it presents to you very obviously what is most optimal dice rolls, what is going to come up most, sure. since with two dice. You're not going to get ones, you know, that it's going to lean towards very specific numbers that are in the middle of the pack say like 7, 8, yeah. 5, 6, that, those numbers, so then it highlights them on the boards and uh, so you always know what the most optimal moves okay. are and that everybody is trying to sort of knife fight for these positions okay. and then the bandit cancels out production in a certain area so you just move the bandit in and then shut down those high paying regions, right?
0: So that's the level of interaction. Mm -hmm. That's the randomness. Yes. Solid. Mm -hmm. But it's low and your player skill, your decision based on what you know the optimal skills are, that matters more. Oh for sure. The most in the game. Yep. And what you see with these Euro games is they tend to lead more towards wooden pieces Mm -hmm. over plastic pieces or like meeples as we call them, like little wooden little
1: dudes. Who doesn't (laughs) love meeples, right?
0: (laughs) And they focus on mechanics first. The flavor, the aesthetics, that comes second. Mechanically is the game doing what I want it to. Let's skin it. Let's put a skin
1: on it. I've even seen Euro games that have like no theme whatsoever. It's just like I don't know, you're a guy at a desk (laughs) doing trade in Germany. This is Hansa Teutonica, by the way. Okay. And it's literally like the Hansa's merchants and stuff and you're trading goods, but like it's literally just putting cubes Mm. in boxes. Like that's the game. That's the game.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't be easier. And so if the mechanics work, that's what a Euro game is Mm -hmm. focusing on. And I had a section here, so Mark Rosewater, the head designer of Magic the Gathering, he talks about top-down or bottom-up mechanics. Because mm-hmm. in Magic the Gathering you have the name of the card at the top in a box and then you have the mechanics at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So here if a bottom-up game it's building from the mechanics up to the name, mm-hmm. right? And then a top-down is like this is our name, this is our flavor, right? So you have the name, the artwork, and then the mechanics. So you're going top-down and saying this is my Creature. This is my aesthetic, my theme. What mechanics fit for this? Right. So top down or bottom up? Yes. Right? So as we move into the next category, right, Ameritrash games. These are going to be more <laughs> top down games.
1: That's an offensive name to me, it personally. Is, it is. Are you saying I'm trash because I'm American? <laughs> Where does this name come from? Um, this comes from uh the people playing euro games essentially really? this is like european perspective of american board games mm. they see all of the theme and all of the like take that mechanics and like high interaction and high luck based yeah. and Rolling dice, lots of dice, like lots of dice. Warhammer has tons of dice, and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know the World of Warcraft yes. game is about building a bank of mm. dice. You can roll and, up to 30 dice in a turn, and like that's <laughs> okay. pretty satisfying, it right? Is. But that leans into that high uh, luck, high, high randomness, high Absolutely. randomness Absolutely. theme. Yes. Theme first, theme first, right? right. So
0: like, think about the World of Warcraft board game. Is World of Warcraft? how do we make mechanics that fit what World of Warcraft is, mm-hmm. right? So you're going top down, we know that it's World of Warcraft, this mm-hmm. is the artwork, this right. is the world, what mechanics fit for that? Yeah, exactly. So Ameritrash as opposed to Euro games, again, it's a pretty charged name, but a lot of people that it's like insulting. Ameritrash games are like, yeah, we do play. And like, we know we're trash. We know it. And we <laughs> love it. Right, but a lot of game scholars and uh, will say like, it's. The name that stuck, but if you enjoy this game, these styles of games, which we'll always say here on the show, yeah, play, it. no oh, yeah. problem with it. So again, they're gonna have more of the plastic pieces, mm-hmm. the miniatures that you'll see, mm-hmm. right? They love dice, they love random elements. Yeah,
1: bling, I like to call bling. it. Those miniatures are just straight bling. Oh yeah, you know? I've got a
0: lot of bling behind me here, <laughs> but we'll save that for the Kickstarter <laughs> section. Yeah. And high player conflict. Oh yeah. Right, you, the game from the beginning, you're not Often not going to be able to move or think without thinking how your move is going to impact someone else.
1: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. right. Risk is a mm-hmm. classic mm-hmm. example of mm-hmm. just it's all about interacting with other players' pieces and knocking them out and rolling dice. Like it's literally all it is. That's
0: it, mm-hmm. right? And so that that high player conflict is what the Euro games are like. And we'll have a little, like get We'll have a little. We'll interfere a little, but otherwise. Mm-hmm. What am I doing? Right. Okay. So we talked about the Euro versus Ameritrash distinction, but what's the fusion? What's a hybrid game? What happens when you combine those elements?
1: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Is a hybrid game is a combination of the Ameritrash. I'm never going to get over that name (laughs) and the Euro style game. So it'll have, say. Uh, engine building or uh, uh, aspects of it that are low interaction and low um, luck, but then there are parts where you can interact with players, Mm. say scythe for example, where you can interact with players and then when you start interacting with players, that's where Mm -hmm. the luck and the hedging your bets and rolling dice, that's where those elements come out, right? And I'm wondering as we go through these definitions,
0: again, I've only played Catan one time, eight years ago. I'm saying again like they know, but I said this in the top <laughs> in the pre-show. They only played it once eight years ago. I'm wondering, would Catan fit that hybrid category with the player interaction you were talking yeah, about?
1: Yeah, uh, that's actually a really good point because a lot of people are kinda like, hey wait a second, yeah. it kicked off Euro games is like a thing, but yeah. it's not really not exactly
0: not really a Euro, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's uh-huh. definitely a hybrid game. You're you're spot on so with that. Yeah. I you got that.
0: so the game that comes to mind most for a hybrid game. We talked about Catan, but Scythe. Oh yeah. You brought that over. We played that. I had a great time with it. But mm-hmm. I think that represents the hybrid game like to a mm-hmm. It has yeah. plastic miniatures, it has wooden meeples, it has some interaction right and there's oh, yeah. like is there really randomness in Scythe?
1: There is a little bit of randomness when it comes to uh, exploration cards, mm, okay. in that you don't know what kind of card you're yeah. going to get. And there are decidedly good exploration cards, okay. and there are like bunk ones sure. that you kind of are like, "Well, this was pointless. Hell, this is worthless. Why did I do that? <laughs> I don't need this grain. I already got all my enlistments or whatever." So, so.
0: that's where they're bringing in the randomness mm-hmm. element of the Emira. Ameri- yeah. Ameri games. <laughs> Amara games. Ameri- well, let's own it. The American trash game. Ameri-trash. I play Ameritrash trash game. It's fine. Yeah, they love There's They're so much fun. We're owning it. I play Risk <laughs> on
1: my phone all the time. Speaking of Amaran trash Game. Yeah. Kickstarter. Oh, granddaddy of Ameritrash trash games right there. Let's see how many Kickstarter games are in our display. I don't want to know. Yeah. One, <laughs> two, three. This is a little embarrassing. <laughs> What's over there is a Four. Four. Oh, there's one that's hidden back here. Oh, yeah, uh, let's see it. Five. Wow, at least that's
0: a solid like 30% of the games we have here today are Kickstarter games. Because yeah. Kickstarters are great. Kickstarter games are awesome and have a lot to oh, offer, they're but. So cool. I will say the variance is all, all over the place. You mm-hmm. might find a game that's super high quality, the mechanics are great. You might find a game where it's like, it's all flavor.
1: Right. And just a little point. But some uh, Kickstarter yeah. producers that just create hit after hit after hit, yep. and, like you should just stick with them yes. sometimes. Like, Absolutely.: I' don't know The creator root Cole Worley. Mm-hmm. I love all of his yes. games personally, but they're not for everybody, so Yeah, be warned.: Be warned
0: as you go into Kickstarter, I've had a lot of good success with it. I've had some duds. and so just know what you're signing up for. Yeah. Right? But moving forward. Let's talk about abstract games. Tell me about abstract games.
1: Uh, They're a lot like Euro games, but also, like, I wouldn't describe chess as a Euro game, and that's an abstract game. Chess is a, like, we're interacting. There's nothing you can do but interact with me. It's a game, Mm -hmm. it's interacting. It's like taking center and, like, all these crazy openings and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, but for the most part, the pieces don't, represent anything real world like a knight on a medieval battlefield does not move like an L shape right they yeah. just <laughs> do their thing they just do their thing
0: right. and it doesn't matter if it's a knight or a randomly colored piece you could have all of the pieces be different colors and the game's still going to play the same right. as long as you know
1: what they mean and i've never met a bishop in real life, that can only move diagonally.
0: <laughs> Be hilarious. <laughs>
1: yes. Now that I'm a bishop, I can only move oh, slant no. ways. I cannot directly move edges. It was worth it, though. <laughs> <laughs> All the perks
0: are worth it. Though.
1: Really? Moving diagonally. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: like you said, chess, go, abstract, checkers. You know. mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you you have. I keep saying Rick and Morty because it's hilarious, and they put
1: Rick and Morty on everything.
0: Yeah, Rick and Morty <laughs> shows. It doesn't matter. It's gonna play the same.
1: Yeah, the Morty piece isn't gonna be. It's probably just a pawn. It's just a know. pawn. Oh, that's that's
0: so true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. So that's an abstract game. They have it. They stand alone without their theme.
1: Right, and a lot of Euro games are abstract because, like, the theme is just tacked on afterwards mm. and literally has nothing to do with it. Yep. Uh, a great example would be Yellow and Yongxi, Yongchi, Yongchi. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not some, historians. <laughs> uh, I had someone tell me how to pronounce okay. that once, but I forgot. Mm. And. It's just a tile laying game. That's sure. like about the beginning of civilization in the Yellow and Yangtze River Valley and that has absolutely nothing to do with how the game plays. It's just sure.
0: tile laying. You can take that away. Have meaningful tiles, it's going to play the same. Yep. Not, that's an abstract game. You typically know these because chess is the best-selling game ever.
1: Yeah. Everyone knows chess. Yeah,
0: exactly. So as we move forward, this is a game style we've talked about a lot here, is party games.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You got Throw Throw Burrito, you yeah. Werewolf.
1: A lot of card games card, or party games. Yeah,
0: Exploding so. Kittens, right? Mm-hmm. So these are light, simple, easy, easy to learn rules, mm-hmm. right? But and they have high level of player interaction. That's the whole thing. You're at party you want to interact with each other in unique yeah. and novel ways.
1: Yeah, you want to mm-hmm. drink some booze and hang out yeah. and like be rowdy yeah. and stuff. Yeah. like party games will facilitate that on every level.
0: And, and exactly. And what's great about this is a lot of party games can accommodate a lot of people
1: yeah right?
0: some can accommodate up to 20 plus people oh yeah and so that's that's perfect for a party setting to getting everyone involved mm-hmm. so we we already named some examples of these right but um i think about our our hangouts with our friends we've mm-hmm. played uh, the werewolf the secret tyrant we've mm-hmm. played those games with like so 18 to 20 people. It's yeah. good. Everyone's like, it's you, it's you, it's you. Just screaming. Oh, yeah. it's, it's a great time. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Secret Tyrant, there's a free app on the phone that you can use to play yes. it. Yes. Brilliant.
0: So you all just get into the server. We're all playing immediately. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Too easy. You ready to send it, Ron?
1: Oh, yeah. Man, you! Uh, mine was kind of pathetic. Was, but... you, got a, you got a couple more ch- chances. <laughs> trying to do the <laughs> yes. rest there, but.
0: So, we're moving on to more
1: My, serious games. Uh, serious. serious. Games. War game. My personal favorite type of game, yes. Tell war, me about games. war games. Yeah. War games. Pretty much any game that either, like, tries to emulate, simulate, or uh, in some way or another make, like, historical war or fantastical war and battle and combat, like, into mm-hmm. a game, right? So, like, if it's got war in it, it's a war game. What could be easier than that? It's about military forces conflicting mm-hmm. in a th- place, or a thing, or a time.
0: Yeah. And I think it's important, like you mentioned, it's like it can be formal wars, it can be wars that happened, or it can be just these hypothetical wars, like Take, s- space war, yeah. ma- like scenarios that you make up. But as yeah. long as the players are have units and they're clashing, clashing with each other, mm-hmm. boom.
1: Like Root, for example, yeah. is like mm-hmm. uh, trying to emulate, like. Irregular warfare, sure. so it's not like armies clashing in the field of battle. It's like you have insurgencies and you have imperial forces, mm-hmm. and it's like uh, counterinsurgency strategies and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, uh,
0: and it's like as long as you have your map with your units that each player is controlling and moving around to, yep. to defeat the other player in some way, you you got a war game. It is hilarious. Like we were talking about this, we like, is rude mm-hmm. a wart game? All right, let's go through the list. Mm-hmm. Always some sort of conflict? Yep. Mm-hmm. Formal or informal wars? Yep. Informal. Historic or what if?
1: What if? Right. Hypothetical? <laughs> yup. Animals in the forest?
0: And then a common one is dice for conflict resolution?
1: Yes. So, got that? Because what's more, mm-hmm. like, foggy and, like, mm-hmm. uncertain than, like, a battle, so yep. dice are always perfect for resolving battles because mm-hmm. there's so many factors that go into any conflict mm-hmm. or in military engagement that it's impossible to tell who's gonna it win is. at the outset.
0: It is, I and as you say that, I think about like the units themselves, it's like how mm-hmm. much sleep have they had? How yep. exhausted? How, much, how long have they been battling?
1: Yeah, did they have to walk 50 miles mm-hmm. just to get to the fight? Mm-hmm. That's gonna affect how well you perform. What's their morale? Do they like
0: their general, mm-hmm. right? Stuff like that.
1: Does their general have a brain that's leaking out of his nose? <laughs> like, that is important. That's important,
0: stuff. right? Right. Hey. We're going to use dice to resolve some of those confounding variables.
1: Right. And there's modifiers and all mm-hmm. sorts of things that can be.
0: Yep. And then two or more players in direct conflict. root got that. High complexity, high degree of simulation. Got that. Right. Okay, it's a war game. So yep. we looked it up. It was a
1: war game. <laughs> Chess. Chess. War game. Really? Yep. You're right. That's so cool. It's two kings battling each other. I just, put that, I just other. put
0: that together. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. I like oh, yeah. that one. And so when we move past, we expand on war games, we do not move past it, we're still here. Yes. We're at tabletop miniature war game.
1: Wow, that's a lot. Tabletop miniature, miniature war games.
0: Still all the same premises, but you're playing the game with models, miniatures on a table. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you, or like, as opposed to, as opposed to like traditional war games which will have like, like, uh, chips or counters to represent your armies, miniatures. You're gonna have little little guys. Like think about Warhammer. Oh yeah. All the miniatures are very detailed. Little people moving around the game. And then for these, like, you have whole scenery set up. Oh yeah, there's like terrain.
1: You have to measure how far yeah. you are. You Elevation, have to line
0: of sight. you Yeah,
1: actors, line of sight.
0: Right. Oh, man.
1: <laughs> yes, I mm-hmm. spent a summer getting into Warhammer Forty Thousand a long time ago, mm-hmm. and uh, it was yeah. it was one summer. So it's a lot. Yep. <laughs> what happened? Uh, I gave up. It's it, a lot. It's a lot.
0: There are a lot of people that have a great time with it, which tells me it's a pretty good game. Yeah. But it's. Again, back to that high complexity, mm-hmm. it's, it, it adds even more complexity than the standard board
1: game. Oh, yeah. board
0: games Because you have to, you literally are measuring how far your units can go, uh, constantly checking angles around yeah. terrain.
1: And like Hero is a really good version of the, this uh, tabletop miniature war games. Mm-hmm. That's a mouthful. <laughs> Hero is a version that's like really easy to get into, but a lot of. Miniature tabletop war games uh, have this high bar of entry where you have to like not only buy the pieces but you have to assemble them and yeah. paint them. And yeah. blah, blah, blah,
0: blah. you were saying that some play groups won't even let you in if you don't paint them. Yeah, which is a form of gatekeeping, which we talked about before. We don't, we don't support any type of gatekeeper. If people yeah. want to play your game, we'll help you get into it.
1: Right. Like yeah. if you're cool mm-hmm. with unpainted stuff, like let's get after let's it. Let's get after
0: it. I just want to play the game with you. Right. Right. And so these games are expansive. Like these tables will be huge.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? I think like pool tables, like like I've seen ping pong tables just like repurposed. It's huge yeah. whole tables. hobby rooms whole dedicated room's to this. Dedicated to these. Mm-hmm. So these these are massive. Massive
1: battle, and that's appealing in and of itself. Like, just the scale. Like, mm-hmm. I'm always like, bigger, bigger. I want my games, games bigger, work, huh? huge. Yeah, I love it. Big, and then mm-hmm. uh, but the simulationist aspect of Warhammer really kind of dragged it down for me. Okay, bit, but yeah,
0: oh. so we now we're
1: moving on. Moving on, now we're moving on. We're moving that's on. war games. War just games, phew, push them out of the way. Next let's thing. talk
0: about collectible card games. We talked about magic. Right, and I was like, that's not a board game, right? And we, they define it as a board game, so I'm not wrong.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's a war game, it's right? War, it's a, is it a war game? It's yeah. Two. Well, except for the dice.
0: But it's kind of highly complex. There's no map, though. So,
1: maybe mm, kind of.
0: It's all um, Tell them about collect- rally. So, tell collectible. We're derailing.
1: So collectible card <laughs> games are pretty much, um, you know, they got booster packs, they got singles, mm-hmm. they're. Uh, decks that you build it can be pretty expensive yeah Uh, it's got a high amount of flavor and theming but it's also got some really solid mechanics in there and they're meant to be traded and uh like you buy a pack you open it up and you see okay i need this that and the other thing but i can trade for other stuff with other people and they're very like commodified like that like really fun tournament play. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of tournaments that are associated with collectible card games. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Yeah, and it's like, I think randomness in getting the
1: cards is really the name of the game here. That applies except for in living card games. Yes,
0: that's the comparison here. So like collectible card games, you're gonna have, you're gonna get a pack and you're gonna have an idea of what 300 cards you could get Mm -hmm. in that pack. You'll get 15 of them. Mm -hmm. Think about Magic, you'll get 15, but some card games will do like five to 15 card, 20 card booster Mm -hmm. packs, but they're gonna be random. You have an idea, but living card games, When you buy a pack, you know exactly what cards you're getting in
1: them. Like Netrunner or um, Legend of the Five Rings. It's just, Mm. here is the list of cards that you're going to get in here. And it's your job to take these cards and make something that you like, or something that is effective or that you want to play with because just like in collectible card games, they'll have themes, they'll have like strategies and specific ways of playing. Like in Netrunner you can be a corporation or you can be a Netrunner that is trying to break into corporations yeah. and that's how they face off, right, is mm-hmm. a, a runner versus the corporation. And then they have different strategies and hacks and moves and things that they can use to get that's after super each other. That's
0: cool. Like, I know Richard Garfield who made Magic also made Netrunner. Yeah, I'm Richard, always hearing yeah. you need to try Netrunner too. It's good. Yeah. He's good at making games. So, so you're saying good. that I'm like, that sounds super. It's ooh, really cool. Try cool.
1: that. <laughs> like you can create a uh, a corporation that's just around like HR and like selling like, oh, we're not doing anything evil, while they're just like offing runners in oh, the left yeah. and right. Yeah. And just yeah. That's,
0: that has a, like a high degree of like. Flavor, and oh, yeah. immersion.
1: It's, yeah, it's, and the mechanics are just like mm-hmm. beautifully synergized with the theme, and that's.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. I like that. We might have to give that one a shot. I definitely. Maybe would. on the tabletop simulator.
1: Eee, I can't so. wait.
0: <laughs> now, um, fun fact here: Magic: The Gathering is the first collectible card game. No
1: way! Yeah, what?
0: yeah, they're they're like, let's let's expand on. People like cards. People like baseball cards. People like sports cards. Let's. Let's expand on that so people can play with the cards they have. Yeah. Play with baseball cards. You just have
1: them. Yeah. So. You, like, that would be cool if you could play like a game of baseball with the cards. But,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. They're just Yeah. They're just collectibles for money laundering.
1: <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. No, they're just collectibles. <laughs> Calling people out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's collectible card games. We talked about Magic Law. We'll do a Magic episode here right. very soon. Stay tuned for that. Uh, but the next one uh, we yeah. talked about a lot too are cooperative card games. Not card games, cooperative games, but there are cooperative mm. card games, right? A lot of card games will have cooperative elements, mm. but you're a team playing against the game. Mm. So think about Pandemic. Robin Crusoe <laughs> behind me there. Robin Crusoe, you're all survivors on an island trying to get off. Mm-hmm. Five Minute Dungeon, which we did an episode, a whole episode. We have that one. Check that out, episode five. Yeah. Did, I didn't bring it today. That's also a Kickstarter game, which I found out. Oh. Super cool. Yeah. Fun. But these are really good, like, introductory games. Which leads us into the next topic, actually, the next type of game, which is gateway games.
1: Yeah, get into gaming. That's what these are all about. They're usually low on the complexity scale, so, like, Pandemic is a great example of both a cooperative game and a gateway game, in that, like, it's got low complexity. There's not a whole lot going on at any time, but it's... Like fun, it's interesting, there's depth there. They don't need to have any depth. Mm-hmm. Like, really, <clears throat> a gateway game could be like Moncala sure. or mm. poker. Like, yeah. literally, just your basic entry, like games that everybody knows, right? Like chess could be, uh, chess is kind of complicated. Do you know how to en passant? No. Yeah, exactly. Empanada. Empanada. (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) Um,
0: We've talked a lot about gateway games a lot
1: on our how to get into
0: games episode. Check that out, episode two, if you haven't seen it. We got a. We're professional podcasters.
1: We're professionals. We got
0: to chill, okay? <laughs> so we won't stand here, stay here too long. Uh, but these these are games that are gonna help newer gamers get started. Yeah. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And then well, these last few here are just there's a couple of little. Um, types of games not huge genres but I like to, I like to talk about these two is of small box games so these are games that can fit in your pocket oh. that might be literal but like think about right here tiny epic dungeon is really small it's going to fit anywhere on your shelf your backpack right something yeah. like that and and so like tiny they're not going to take up a lot of space and they're not going to take up a lot of space on the board either
1: yeah uh, <laughs> one of my favorites is uh or a flam there like real tiny I always take that one to the bar that's why it's so beat up and exactly. we just play while we're drinking and mm-hmm. have a good time. These are really
0: really accessible to, mm-hmm.
1: to go with you
0: what about, and then we have smaller micro games <laughs> right? Micro. Might, smaller than small <laughs> and these are games that only have a few pieces or few cards and they are like often smaller versions of games. Okay. So think about like a tiny, I've seen like tiny folding chess boards.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah.
0: Fold them out, they might be like that big, yeah. a few inches wide, but a tiny versions of games. And then the last game here in this categorization system is roll and write games. And so with these, you're gonna roll dice, fill information in, mm-hmm. like Yahtzee. 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 I <laughs> I misspelled Yahtzee on the notes. <laughs> or
1: Cartographer or uh, Bargain Basement Bathysphere, yes. right? Like,
0: Which is a fantastic name.
1: I love it. I love saying it. <laughs> yes. I love playing it. I love everything about it.
0: So those are the, I believe there were 11 categories. Thank you to Three Minute Board Games. Really?
1: They're, thank you. Thank
0: you. That really helps a lot. So we're actually going to shift gears here and we're going to go to GameNightGods.com. They Hillary wrote an article about the types of board games that she uh, recognizes.
1: Thank you, Hillary.
0: Thank you, Hillary. I don't have your last name, but thank you for doing homework for us. You rock.
1: Yeah, really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we really do appreciate this. So let's get started. I'll kick us off with engine building games. Already.
1: Yeah. Yeah. These uh, consist of... Uh... Players having a set of resources personal to them, mm-hmm. and then they use those resources to progress through the game and uh, build sort of uh, recursive machines, if you will, so like these things feed into each other and there's a lot of high uh, like levels of synergy yes. between things that they play off of each other. Uh, it's usually cards, tiles, mm-hmm. player boards, all sorts of stuff. There's yeah. um, Great engine building game. Oath, I uh, have uh, brass is somewhere around here, <laughs> but it's just all about creating a system that like spits out points. Yes. And you want to have the most efficient machine that every time you crank it, it spits out the most points.
0: And I think about from was this Lords of Waterdeep? Is that an engine building game?
1: Uh, that's a or worker placement. I
0: jumped ahead. There. Yeah. So am I thinking about Scythe?
1: Yeah, That's what I'm thinking. life is definitely, it's yes. like a half engine building, half war game.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're constantly making decisions on where to put your resources and synergy. Like, yeah, when I think of synergy, I think of it as pieces working together to get more than you would have
1: mm-hmm. individually. Right. There's resources, yeah. oil, steel, mm-hmm. wood all those yeah. that are used to like produce things mm-hmm. and make points.
0: Exactly. So you're trying to make decisions, like precise decisions out, out throughout the game that will compound to yeah. get you more points at the end. It's Maybe about it, yeah. efficiency. A lot efficiency, of, that's a word for it. Yeah.
1: A lot of uh, mm-hmm. these are Euro games and they're more like you're competing with yourself mm-hmm. in a lot of regards. Mm-hmm. So like Terraforming Mars, yes, there's the competing with other people, but I feel like because there's so little interaction between the players, it's more down to, like, how well am I doing versus my past place.
0: Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like the interaction is like, you're, a lot of them you're not interacting. I, the whole game that we played of Scythe the first time, I, we didn't interact
1: at all. You don't have to. It's a big board. You
0: don't have to. It's a big board. I'm just like, okay, how do I maximize what's in front of me? Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, I don't care what they're doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll care at the end. Right. <laughs> Is that right. it? You, yeah, that's the end for this shoot. All right,
1: send, send it. Send it. That
0: was better. I like that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so, a couple, a couple of examples list. of these. We talked about Scythe. Uh, we have Wingspin. That's the bird game. I don't know what
1: it's about, but it shows up everywhere. Yeah, the theme and the mechanics have nothing to do They're with each anything. other. Okay. It's a straight up Euro. Sure. Straight yeah. up Euro, just put birds on
0: it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's like a it. machine building Small.
1: synergy. Just okay. go.
0: Everdale. Everdell, I'd say. Uh, it's this big tree. Big tree. Oh, I looked at that one and that looks super cool. Like you literally build this stand tree to put your cards on, to put cards that you get resources from. It, I like that. Yeah. Those are a few examples. We're going to move on to one of my favorite types of games are deck building board games. Oh, I wish
1: there were more of these. Oh, They're so good.
0: I, um, the very first deck building game was dominion and came out in 2008 which is crazy to me i'm like these are so popular now it's so recent yeah that's amazing and that was that was the first deck building game i had played oh right and so to distinguish from the collecting collectible card games that we talked about uh, earlier you make a deck with the cards you get from packs or trading and buying bulk cards you make a deck based on the rules and you're getting them from all different places but in the deck building game you crack open the the box everyone's and then the whole game is contained in there
1: yep it's kind of like a uh living card game but living card games usually have the whole like head to head Mm -hmm. element in them and this one is like it can be like dominion like four players like Mm -hmm. as many players as you have like expansions and cards for and Mm -hmm. uh same with like star realms Mm -hmm. it's just like I've played Star Realms with like six people, and it Ooh. it's deck building, but it's yeah. more like magic in that it's like head-to-head and sure. battling and stuff, whereas uh, Dominion is more like you have to have a certain like number of cards or victory points yeah, in your deck and then you the, win the game. Yeah,
0: you're trying to collect those victory points throughout mm-hmm. the game. So what you're going to do is, every, and typically in every deck building game, each yeah. player is going to start with the same or slightly different starting deck. Mm-hmm. Think about Dominion, uh, everyone starts with the same 10 card deck, of yep. effects that are relatively small. Mm-hmm. So, so as rounds go, go through, you're making decisions of where to spend your money, how to upgrade your characters uh, and cards to add cards to that deck so mm-hmm. it becomes stronger and plays the way you want to play it as the game goes on. Yeah. So I actually just got a new deck building game, Kickstarter game. It's be Hexed right here. Hexed. I've had it for a couple weeks, but you know, it takes a while for me to want to read a rule book. But I'm glad I did, because it looks really cool. The way it was described to me in a video I was watching about Mm -hmm. how to play, it's like magical hot potato. (laughs) (laughs) So you pick the starting character, and you're gonna get, each player is going to get seven core spells, and then three spells that are relevant to your character. And then throughout, someone, there's a hex that's being moved around. And the round ends when someone can't prevent the hex from landing on them. It'll detonate, they'll take points, it lasts a few rounds and at the end of the game you're gonna get points based on the spells that you took and based on how many points you've got from landing hexes on people.
1: So is it golf rules or is it, you wanna have the most points? Most points, Okay. yes.
0: Uh, haven't played it yet. I think we're, we're gonna do that later. I'm super excited for it. But, yeah. uh, I have had a blast with deck building games, and I've, a, mm-hmm. I've been starting to play them more on Steam. Good. I, I like uh, Slay the Spire is a really, really popular one. So good. And I say I gotta try this. I'm like I get it. It's this is fun. This mm-hmm. is, so deck building games rule, and. I jumped ahead earlier, Lords of the Water Deep, but now we're here. Now we're at worker placement. Worker placement. So tell, games. Me, tell me about worker placement.
1: Games. Um, really, they're about uh, you know you have your board, and there's a lot of different options that you can possibly take. But generally, you have a pool of workers, and you can only place one at a time, or mm-hmm. a couple at a time, depending on the game, sure. like Puerto Rico and stuff like that. And you take your workers one from there and you place them on the board and generally there's like a payout for that so yeah
0: that's a good way to say it a payout right i the one that i've played and again this was a while ago i need to play games more than a few times
1: yeah. I just go back to magic. It's hard not to. <laughs>
0: it's just, it sucks me in, right? It's so good. Come on. But Lords of Waterdeep, I remember having a great time with it. Yes. Tell, me, tell them a little bit about Lords of Waterdeep.
1: Lords of Waterdeep is probably one of the best Dungeons and Dragons themed board games, yes. but it has little to nothing to do with Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, you could probably get Euro rid of the game. theme very much a Euro Euro game. Oh yeah, the player interaction is like "Eh, eh, eh, barely there and then the expansions are like no we're not really gonna give you more interaction, it's just more options and more fluff Mm -hmm. and more worker placement goodness, right? But how that one works is you have a tavern where you have your, I think they're just workers but they're like Political operatives that you send out into the town to like hire adventurers to bring it back to your tavern or get money and things like that, and then there's the Grey Watch Inn where you can mm-hmm. send one of your workers and get a quest. Ooh. And there's yeah a whole like uh, display of quests that you can like mm-hmm. reset or take from it, and every time you take sure. one, it refills again. And you, the entire point of the game is fulfilling the requirements of these quests mm-hmm. that are done through getting the adventurers, which are just different colored cubes.
0: Little, are, the, are there meeples in that game?
1: Uh, the only meeples are the workers that you deploy, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, otherwise it's like colored cubes, which yes. that's why I'm like.
0: Uh, I think that's the first game I played that had those meeples, and I'm like, I love these things. Right?
1: Oh man, <laughs> it's, it's so good. Like Euro games just look so tasty. Do. And like, cute <laughs> and fun. But yeah, it, it's really just about getting resources, and then, the cards, the quests, when you complete them, usually have payouts or rewards that are like money or more adventures or points, and you just try to get the most points.
0: Yeah, and what's really satisfying about that board is like the points are all the way like around the Mm -hmm. board, so you're constantly seeing people's points tick up. Mm -hmm. And then I remember like, I guess the interaction point is like, do I think they will be able to do that quest? Let me get it before them. Oh yeah. Or do I want to interfere with them getting that resource? Let me go
1: there. Yeah, it's denying other denying, people access resource to mm-hmm. resources, it's mm-hmm. a huge part of that game.
0: So that's Worker Place. You have your little meeples, you place them everywhere mm-hmm. to bring the work back to the Lord. Right. <laughs> <Water deep. laughs> yeah. So yeah, that, I love those games. We. Need to play more games.
1: We really do <laughs>
0: more than magic.
1: But our next up is—we've talked about this one, about but it's—it's it's co-op board co-op games. Co-op board games. Victor, hey, on. I don't
0: think you can have a list, a classification of games without co-op, right? <laughs> co-op board games. But again, I—I I love for you. I'll talk about it again. Absolutely. So you get to work together. How many times have I said this on the show? You know, work together as a team to defeat the game. <laughs>
1: I feel like there's not very many co-op actual like full co-op games, but the ones that exist are just good.
0: They are, yeah, just solid. and what led us to playing co-op games was
1: the saltiness. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> of playing Magic a lot.
1: <laughs> so it's everybody gets angry at each Everybody's other. Gets for... angry at
0: each other, and it, you might saltiness might be like you're getting more irritated than is actually warranted. So you come back to a situation later, you're like, oh, sorry, that wasn't as bad as I thought. Or in video (laughs) games, they call that getting tilted. Yeah. You're not level, you're not focused anymore, so you're making real bad decisions. Yeah, you should just stop. Once you're tilted,
1: you just stop. Walk away.
0: Right, so that's what led us to co-op games. Mm -hmm. And what we found with those is like, even if the game's punishing you, you're all still, you're suffering together. And you're all still having a good time. You're, the salt, is going towards the board game, not each other.
1: Mm-hmm. So we
0: we use those as nice breaks. And what I really like about Robinson Crusoe specifically here, that's one. Of, that's probably my favorite co-op game. It, again, four up to four survivors on an island, and you're trying to build a base and get off the island or complete some scenario. Right. So, Okay. And what I love about this is a story always unfolds because of the cards that yes. are coming up, right? This character got bit by a snake, if you don't have the medicine, they can't leave camp this day. Right? So that limits the resources. Mm-hmm. Or there's there's tiles with resources on them, it's like a fire breaks out. Mm. This tile, flip this tile over, you can't go there for the rest of the
1: game. I love the hunting part of it, yes. where like, I'll just go out in the woods, alright, I'm going hunting everybody. Yep. And, and wish me luck. <laughs> yeah, and
0: sometimes you'll be hunting and the guard will say you can't come back to camp because you're being stalked by a jaguar. Yeah. And then you're just alone and you have to try to survive. So it's like that that game you're building a story together. At mm-hmm. the end of the game it's like, "Wow, you dropped a brick on your foot." You got bit by a snake.
1: You had a great time. <laughs> you didn't eat like three days. <laughs> Wonderful time. What
0: happened? So those are those are great because it's the saltiness is going towards towards the game.
1: Right. Something a little more abstract yes. than you did this thing to me. You and now I'm angry. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so those are co-op games. We've talked about them ad nauseum. Well, we're going to move on sure. to social deduction games. we dedu- talked about these a little bit, too. Mm. But Tell us about social deduction
1: games. So social deduction games require players to uncover each other's hidden role or team allegiance, depending on their mm-hmm. actions throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Social deduction games rely heavily on seeing who you can trust yes. and voicing your suspicions about other players. So, like, think about... Secret Tyrant or Werewolf or Battlestar Galactica or that new alien game that came Ooh. out, um, Nemesis, is Nemesis. a the spin-off of okay. it. But it's like, oh there's an alien on the ship and then everybody is trying to run away from the alien, keep the ship running, or they all have That's secret roles yeah. and stuff that you can get. and. Uh, or you have to make sure this player doesn't make it out alive and you have to escape the ship before that's, the alien gets you, cool. but like you gotta make sure this guy dies. I like, like real fun stuff. Fun stuff. Yeah.
0: And think about these games have even moved online. Everyone's heard about Among Us.
1: Yeah. At like this point. Oh, yeah. Right?
0: Where there's so I haven't actually played Among Us, but there's a traitor amongst us and they're
1: probably sus. They're an alien. They're an alien. They're sus. <laughs>
0: but the the big premise of these games is that the game will secretly make teams, and you with your words and the actions of the players that they're making so it like it rewards knowing the people you're playing with mm. like, oh this person's acting sketchy mm-hmm. it's like how did how did you know you'll hear that a lot? How did you know It's like, well, you did this thing yeah you you never say that,
1: yeah, I've
0: been friends with you for this many years, and you never say that,
1: yeah. <sighs> There's even, like, uh, ways to play where you're just out in the open, like, I'm the bad guy. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to announce it right now. And then that even throws doubt into people's minds. Like, are
0: you actually? Yes. I've used that strategy. Like, yeah, I'm a tyrant. That's me. Whatever. Come on. Who's who's helping me?
1: Right. And in Secret Tyrant's case, there's, like, uh, people that are on the side of the tyrant Mm -hmm. that are secret roles, yes. and so they don't—they know who each other are, but they don't necessarily know who the tyrant is. Mm-hmm. So you know, you like let people know, nope. and they can rally around the flag they and can help rally you
0: around you. And, but you know, you always have to be careful. Yeah, you gotta be careful with this because it's like the mob can turn against you. Oh, so easily. Information control is mm-hmm. huge, huge with these games. Oh yeah. We're on to role-playing games.
1: This is huge. I love
0: role-playing games.
1: Yeah. it's <laughs> l- another huge hour sink for me. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. And these Shadowrun.
0: I Shadowrun. The distinction that I found here, and I'll just read it, is just that role-playing board games specifically are for players who don't have time to devote hours and hours to a and d campaign. Ah, that makes sense. So you can shrink down that experience into, like, two to four hour yeah. board game experience.
1: And right? like with the rest of these, there's a lot of overlap with role-playing games. Like mm-hmm. you could be role-playing as like a wizard or mm-hmm. something okay. in a game that's not really specifically about role-playing, but yeah. there's this role that you are actually playing. Exactly. Like Oath, I would describe as a type of role-playing mm-hmm. game because you're just, like creating these stories, and you're um, pretending to be like politicians and people mm-hmm. that curry favor and power in a realm, and like you're like trying to get into that mindset, you know?
0: Absolutely. The people. Yeah, you're trying to embody the character that you're playing. Mm-hmm. And I think about the World of Warcraft board game. Oh yeah. At the beginning of the game, you choose two characters who have a race and a class, and that will completely shape how that game goes. Mm-hmm. And it plays similar to, to wow you're gonna if you've played world of warcraft before you're gonna be like oh i know that mechanic i know that mechanic i know that mechanic but you don't have to play thousands of hours mm-hmm. hundreds of hours mm-hmm. to get the full experience you can yeah. play the board game's still a long one because yeah. wow still a long experience but you can get it in eight hours. like i'd say four to eight depending on your
1: yeah how far it, dip how dip far
0: you know all. the game but that's like much
1: shorter, mm-hmm. <laughs> much
0: shorter than what WoW is. What you need to do to get the full WoW experience.
1: Oh my lord! The video game experience. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. So much so. So
0: the the D and D board game is uh, it's called Dungeon Dungeon, dungeon. exclamation point. <laughs> and this is a again a simplified version of D and D where you take on a class and you move through a dungeon. So yeah. if you don't have time to invest in like. There's so much that goes into D&D. So much. Making your character, learning the rules. It's like a job. Finding time for to have sessions, and it's like, that's great if you can do that, but mm-hmm. if, if you don't have time to do that consistently, Mm-mm. you're not going to get the full experience
1: yeah. of D&D,
0: which makes these are these RPG games really great for that.
1: Yeah, it really helps you actually get to the table and like have some fun instead Excellent. of like, well, I planned out this thing, but nobody can get together this month. But yeah, exactly, it's beside the point.
0: <clears throat> so we're gonna we've talked about games a lot that have dice. Mm. What are you, talk about? Tell me about games without
1: dice. Oh, uh, a lot of these, you know, a lot of like Ameritrash <laughs> games have dice because high luck, Mm -hmm. they're usually about war, stuff like that, but games that aren't really necessarily about war or uh, don't really want to have that luck factor in Mm -hmm. there, uh, they're more resource based Mm -hmm. or like engine building type of stuff, they can just be card driven or... usually card driven or you're just like worker placement where worker you're putting a worker on the board yeah. there's no dice involved in mm-hmm. lords of waterdeep and concordia which is uh, uh, right here concordia this one is a great example of there's no dice in sight it's Ooh. Just cards, it's a hand-building game, where it's like a deck building game, but you can always see all of your cards at all times, and you get to choose from um, this bevy of cards. You feel so rich when you're playing it, because you're just like, pour these resources (laughs) on me. Yes, I'm going to play this (laughs) card, I'm so rich. Mm. Oh, sail my boats and traders (laughs) around, right? (laughs) Yeah, build some houses, build some trading posts, whatever, I don't care. It's all about, (laughs) like, uh, like Euro games, usually, sure. Is it's this it's sort on of that, uh,
0: that, mm-hmm. like Carcassonne. You're building
1: right cities and roads. Low so interaction low. cartographer is yeah. you draw a card and you're like, oh, I have to draw this shape on my board mm-hmm. and it's got to fit in my little board here. So I'll draw it around the shrubbery and oh, I have some orcs over here. You know, like, yeah. You Absolutely. just gotta fit it in.
0: Uh, exactly. So this one, this can. Overlap with a lot of other categories. Yes, but again, just games without dice. We're using some other form of randomness, or we're replacing using some other resource. Right. So we talked about earlier. We talked about roll and write games. So we won't linger here too long.
1: Mm-hmm. It's.
0: You roll the roll dice, you roll the results, and then you place those results. How?
1: Yeah. How you will? So Bargain basement bathysphere.
0: I spelled Yahtzee right
1: here. He spelled Yahtzee Look right. Look
0: at that! It's not Yahtzee.
1: <laughs> oh man. So we'll
0: we'll skip right past that. We we've we no rolling right plays. Right. We played Yahtzee.
1: Oh. Oh. Are we past? This, this is this so is it. This
0: is you. This is the last one. Yeah. This is roll ro-
1: and move. Ro- roll and move board games. This is like. Um, let me see if I can get it further out. The air you in here it. is bad, I it. think, but yeah, <laughs> I did it. The air is stale. Uh uh-huh, It needs moving <laughs> around, but the roll and move, this, when I think of roll and move, it's just what it says. You take some dice, you throw them, and then you move either a character piece or some scales or resources or mm-hmm. something around. Like, first thing that comes to my mind is talisman. Talisman. And the roll and move, because that's all you do in the game, is you roll and move, and then whatever space you land on, something happens to you, huh. you don't really have any agency.
0: I guess we'll talk about that in the next episode, but is that a game? It might sound like, we'll get to that definition.
1: I would say if it's a diorama. There's no yeah. <laughs> This is a <the> game. <laughs> it's like a, like a...
0: The modern royal game of the goose. Yeah,
1: oh god, uh, I don't want to, to think about that so more than I have to. Save, to save that.
0: For next time for episode nine, it's so bad. So, <laughs> super simple. Uh, one that you might think of this aren't rolling, but they're it's still essentially you're using a deck to roll Candyland. Yeah, I mean, shuffle the deck, you draw, you go to that color.
1: It's like a random number generator that's mm-hmm. all dice really need to exactly. be. That's the deck in Candyland. Once you know that, like Candyland is like. Like an amusement park ride, you're not going yeah. off the tracks. You're mm-hmm. just going in a straight doing, line that might uh, curve.
0: But one decision, right? You can take the shortcut, which really isn't a decision. Always if, take the if shortcut. You want to win the game, yeah? So you're just, if you shuffle the deck, you know what's going to happen. So I guess that's different than roll the roll and play games. At least you can't just look through the deck and know how it's going to play. At mm. least you roll it's There's going to be some difference. You don't get to choose, but it's going to you can't can't know who's going to win. Mhm.
1: <laughs> For sure.
0: That that wraps it up. Thank you to 3 Minute Board Games. Yeah. And what was it? Board Game Gods? No. Uh-oh. Tabletop Gods. Oh. Thank you, Hillary. <laughs> Thanks, Hillary. <laughs> so we asked at the beginning, what is your favorite category? Didn't I at the, we asked what your favorite type of game is. So now that we've gone through these, what do you think your favorite type of Board game. Oh
1: man! Now we
0: have the language for
1: it. Um, I'm probably stuck on like war games or hybrid games. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm a real big fan of Euro stuff, sure. but I feel like it's better when it's mixed in with some Ameritrash elements. Like, okay. I love my Ameritrash, just work. throwing some dice. You know, um, nothing beats it. Just it
0: just feels good. you're the you're in that hybrid.
1: Yeah. Hybrid category.
0: Okay, I dig that. I think. Co-op games are always super fun to me. I love experiencing the game together. Yes. I love the social aspects that as mm. I talked about on the show. But the two things that stood out to me, that I'm like, I need to play this more. Mm. I need to play Worker Placement more. Mm. Every time I've played one, I'm like,
1: wow, this is fun. Dude, we play Great Western Trail sometime. You're going to friggin' yeah. love it. Yeah,
0: so I'm really leaning towards Worker Placement. Yeah. Playing Lords of the Waterdeep again. Great Western Trails, that's what it's called. Oh, yeah. Bring it on. And then deck-building games. I always have a fantastic time with deck-building games. Something about them. I I love shuffling. A lot of people don't love shuffling, but you're constantly shuffling. Constantly shuffling.
1: (laughs) It's half the game, really?
0: That's half the game. So, well, that's it. That's it. Thanks for coming, Ron.
1: Yeah. This is a good episode. Good to be here. I like a lot.
0: Me too. So, as we wrap up, just start sending us your listener questions. We want to spend this time right here yeah, answering your questions. And you can mm-hmm. send us those listener questions. You can send them to show at gmail.com. Mm. We want to do a big shout out to BCTV. Yes. For allowing us to put on this production. This is fantastic. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so it's much. A dream come true. So, let's sign it off. So, yeah. thank you for joining us on episode eight of Shared Discovery. As we close, please make sure To be kind, have fun, play some games, and we'll see you next time. Send us off, Ron.
1: Riches must be divided, but real wealth can be shared. I love that.
0: Thanks for joining us.
1: So long. Bye.